We're making our way through the Gospel of Luke this year, looking specifically at people who met Jesus. Luke is all about Jesus meeting people on the way. We've used two words to describe those people that he met and those interactions that Jesus had. One of the words we've been using is encounter, and this is a word that we use to describe the people that Jesus met, usually on the road, the people that interacted with him a little bit. And then we've also been looking at the word engage, and very often in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus usually sits down at a table and has a deeper conversation with someone and calls them into a deeper relationship with him. Encounter and engage. And as we've looked at these two words in the Gospel of Luke, uh, we've been called to look closer at ourselves. Have we encountered Jesus? Have we engaged with Jesus? And when we interact with others around us, are they encountering are they engaging him through us? I remember a long time ago when I was at a different church, we were having a guest preacher, a friend of mine, come in and preach one Sunday, and we wanted to feed him. We wanted to treat him nice. And so I asked this wonderful older lady in our church if she would be able to make lunch for us, and she agreed. She was a fantastic cook. I got to tell you, Francis could have taken an old shoe and cooked it, and you would have thought it was delicious. You would have eaten the whole thing. But Francis, Francis was also a worrier. And so for weeks, as she was getting prepared to host the preacher at her house, she was planning the menu and planning what to have and who to invite. And, and she began worrying and, and getting things prepared. And the Sunday came when our friend was going to be preaching, and Francis was so busy getting the meal ready, she wasn't able to come to church. We got to her house after worship, and she was so busy, she hardly ever sat down and hardly ever visited with her guest of honor. Do you know people like that? Are you people like that? The story we're looking at in Luke today, that's pretty much what happens in this story. There is so much work and there is so much worry, so much anxiety to make sure everything is done and that it's all done right, that the hostess misses out on the guest. Hopefully there's a lesson in here for you and me, a lesson that we can learn. It's in Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 38 and going to verse 42. There, beginning in verse 38, now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. <laughs> Let me call your attention again to verse 39. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. I want you to notice in this entire story, Mary 
Mary never says a word in this story. Instead, she is sitting at Jesus's feet listening. Now that's that's significant. That is a significant posture. That is the posture, that is the position for a disciple, for a learner, for one who is listening to their teacher. They would sit at the teacher's feet. And then hear the last verse. Hear Jesus's words at the end as a challenge to you and a challenge to me. He says in verse 42, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Can we hear those words for ourselves? Can we, can we look at the things that keep us busy and ask ourselves the question, is our busyness, is our busyness drawing us closer to Jesus or is it pulling us away from him? What do we want to call what's happening with Martha here. Busy? Well, yes, Martha is busy. She's trying to get everything ready. She's getting all the snacks set out. She's making sure everybody has a drink. She's fluffing pillows and making sure that everybody has a place to sit. She's serving. I mean, the text tells us that she's serving it, and that's an important thing to do. That's the proper thing to do. You know, if we went back to chapter 4 of the Gospel of Luke, it's there that Jesus enters Peter's house, and Peter's mother-in-law is sick. He heals her, and it says in verse 39, immediately she rose up and began to serve them. Busyness, we understand. Serving, we understand. But the text introduces a new word for what Martha is experiencing. And in verse 40, Martha is said to be distracted. <laughs> now, let me remind you, Jesus is in her house. Jesus is in her house. And she is so distracted with all the things that she has to do, all the busyness that she has no time for Jesus. Do you hear how ridiculous that sounds? And please don't hear me wrong. Martha is doing some good things. Martha is doing some essential things. But her distraction, her busyness has pulled her attention away from Jesus. Now, there are likely some very good things that you and I do, that necessary even, we would say important things that you and I do. But sometimes, sometimes we have to ask ourselves the question, have, have these things captured my attention? Have these things that keep me busy, have they captured my attention? Or am I able to allow these things to draw my attention more closely to Jesus, to center my focus on Him? By doing the things that keep us busy, are, are we able to see Jesus more clearly? And are other people able to see Jesus more clearly through us when we're busy doing those things? And what about, what about us? Are, are we seeing Jesus more clearly through our busyness? And again, I want to remind you, Martha's doing some good things, but Jesus is in her house. And who, of all people, who has Martha's attention while Jesus is in her house? If you notice in verse 40, what is it that, that Martha says? She says, Lord, do you not care that my sister 
has left me to serve alone, tell her then to help me. You know, when we allow our busyness, when we allow our distractions to take our focus, do you know what happens? We take our eyes off Jesus and we put our eyes on someone else, someone that we can compare ourselves to, someone that we can look to and say, well, at least I'm not as bad as that person, or at least I'm doing this and they're not doing anything. They're not helping. Does that really help us? Does that kind of comparison draw does that kind of comparison draw us any closer to Jesus? You see, here's the problem. The things that we're doing might be good. They, they might be essential. But when our focus is off of Jesus and on something else or, or on someone else, then we've set ourselves up for more trouble. Because without Jesus, our efforts become our anxieties. Just about every time I've preached this sermon or this passage, every time I've preached this passage or, or heard it preached by another preacher, there's, there's one thing that all preachers always do with this passage. We ask the question, are you a Mary or are you a Martha? Are you a Mary or are you a Martha? Which one are you? You hear it. You, you ought to hear some of the titles of sermons on this passage that I've, that I've seen. One title was, Martha labored while Mary listened. Mar Martha fret while Mary set. Martha ills and Mary chills. And then we ask the question, are you a Mary or are you a Martha? And we're going to be hard on ourselves and we're going to say, well, I'm trying to be a Mary, but I know I'm much more of a Martha and, and I'm working on it. I, I know I've got a problem. I know I've got distractions. I'm, I'm trying to be more like Mary. I don't think that's really the point of this story. I think the point is for us to examine where does our attention lie? You hear it in Jesus's words to Martha. Listen to what Jesus says to Martha in verse 41. He says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Ooh, there's a new word in this verse. We have moved from distracted in verse 40 to anxious in verse 41. We've moved beyond that. Is, is anxious a good thing? No, anxious is not a good thing. Most of us know Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition along with thanksgiving, present your request to the Lord. Do not be anxious. We're, we're able to quote that verse. We know that's not a good thing. You know, back in chapter 8 of Luke, Jesus tells the parable of the soils. The sower goes out to sow his seed on the soils, and some falls, among the, uh, some falls on the path, and the birds eat it up. Some falls among the rocks, and some falls among the thorns. And he says of the, of the seed that fell among the thorns, in Luke chapter 8, verse 14, he says, As for that which fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, who hear the words of Jesus. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares. And that word for cares there is the same word we have here for anxieties. They are choked by the cares, the anxieties, the riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. What happens 
to the fruit of the seed that the sower sows among the anxieties. It doesn't mature. It doesn't grow. How about you? Is your faith maturing? Is your faith growing despite the anxieties of our present day, despite the struggles, despite the distractions of our present world? Are those choking out your faith? Can I suggest that if nothing else, our current crisis in our world today, with everything that we're experiencing, everything that's distracting us, our current crisis ought to call us to ask some hard questions of ourselves. Has COVID-19 choked my faith? Has COVID-19 choked out the fruit of my faith. Am I coming through everything that we're experiencing? Am I coming through it all with more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? That is the produce of our faith, is it not? That is what we are to be producing. Are these part of my character? Is my faith maturing? Or would I have to admit that during this present crisis, I've got way too much anger. I've got way too much bitterness. And you know, sometimes anxiety, sometimes anxiety presents itself as fear, and other times anxiety presents itself as anger and, and worry. And so the question is, have I given Jesus my attention? Have I put it all on who He is, or have I put it all on what I can do, and well, currently what I can't do? Have I allowed my anxieties to inform my world about who I really am and who I really belong to? I, I got to be honest with you, though. I got to be honest with you. I, there's a lot that makes me anxious as of late. I feel the stress. It is everywhere. It is all over. And I look at the lists that we get of the restrictions that we have and the guidelines that we're supposed to follow. And I realize there's not a thing I can do about this right now. There is not a thing I can do about this. And the same is true of you. But can we hear Jesus's words for ourselves? Can we hear as he says to Martha there in verse 41, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Can I hear, Brett, Brett, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Can you put your name in that? You are anxious and troubled about many things. And can we, and can we hopefully together find that one thing that is necessary because that's the call in this story it's a call to engage with jesus it's a call to put him in that position where he belongs in our lives like mary we're invited to sit at jesus's feet and when we sit at jesus's feet his peace becomes our peace Luke, as I've said many times, Luke 
loves to use geography as he tells his stories. He, he, he loves to use posture and position as he tells his stories. Remember back in chapter 6, the sermon on the level place where everybody is on the same level. Here, Jesus, uh, Luke draws our attention uh, to Mary and to her posture. If you remember in verse 39, she sat at the Lord's feet listening. And as I said, that is a very specific phrase, a very specific posture for a disciple. And by the, by the way, in that world, that was never the position that a woman would be in. She was not to be sitting at the feet. They weren't allowed to be disciples. And yet with Jesus, everyone's on that level place, aren't they? Everyone is allowed to come and sit at his feet. You know, if you go back to chapter 8, there's that story there about the legion of demons that Jesus cast out of the man. He casts out a, a legion of demons. The demons enter the pigs. They run down the, the ravine. They, they drown in the, in the lake. But at the end of the story, where is the man who had been possessed by all these demons? Where is the man? Verse 35 says, They found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. Prior to that, he was possessed. Prior to that, he was angry. His rage was out of control. People were afraid of him. He was frightening himself. But it's at Jesus' feet that he finds peace. And so I have to ask for us, what's it going to take? What's it going to take for us to to put aside everything that makes us anxious and give Jesus our attention, give Jesus our focus, and then in turn find our peace in Him. What's it going to take for us to stop running around and, and comparing with other people and looking at someone else and saying, well, at least I'm not that person. At least I'm doing more than them. And simply sit at Jesus' feet right now and let his peace become our peace. Listen again to what Jesus says about Mary in verse 42. He says, Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Which will not be taken away from her. You know, in the middle of our panics, and in the middle of our fear, in the middle of all of the stress that we have right now, and, and all the concerns that we have right now, what is it that we constantly hear? I don't know about you, but I am so tired of hearing people say, well, what's next? What's going to happen next? First, it was COVID-19. Then it was murder hornets. Next, it's going to be the bubonic plague. <sighs> we keep ourselves at a panic level that is impossible for us to sustain, we will break from the anxieties that we're putting ourselves under. But what does Jesus say about Mary sitting at his feet? He says, this will not be taken away from her. If you've, if you've sacrificed the peace of Christ for the anger that you have at the current situation, I got to tell you, you made a poor choice. You made a poor trade. If you can't find peace in the middle of everything that's going on, then where has your attention been the whole time? Is it on Jesus or is it on the news? 
Is it on the panic and the pandemic, or is it on his peace? Jesus invites us. He invites you to sit at his feet. He invites you to hear him. He invites you to know him. And as you find him, you find peace. I've mentioned many times in this series on Luke that Luke talks about the table more than any other book of the Bible. He mentions the word table more than any other book of the Bible. And, and table is where engagement usually happens. That's where Jesus engages people. We'll see that later in the upper room. We'll see that later after they've walked to Emmaus. Jesus engages people at the table. But here's what, here's what amazes me and just bugs me a little bit about this story we're looking at today. With all the preparation, with all the work that Martha's going through, the table's never mentioned. They never get to the table. She is so busy trying to get everything ready. She is so busy trying to push her sister Mary to help. But they never sit down. <laughs> they never make it to the table. And I think there's a lesson in that for you and me. There's a lesson as we look for peace today. You know, the table isn't always about today. The table is about eternity. And the table is not always present, but it's always promised. And as we put our attention on Jesus, as we put our focus on him, as we sit at his feet, the table is always being prepared. Mary sits at Jesus's feet waiting for the day when we will all sit at the table with him together, waiting for the day when all the war and all the unrest is gone, when all of the division and all of the disease is gone and all of the stress is out and all we have is Jesus. It's all gone and all we have and all we see is Jesus. That's the day we look forward to. That's our hope. That's why he is worthy of our attention. Every Sunday, we come to the table to remind ourselves not only of what happened in the past, not only of what he gave of his body and of his blood, but we come to the table to remind us of the promise that we have, that one day, it will all be over. One day, everything that has made you anxious and angry, everything that has tried and so often succeeded to steal your focus and take it off of Jesus, it will all be gone. And we'll all be together. And we'll all be in his presence. Today, we take the bread. We take the cup. And we don't take it just looking back. Let's take it looking forward. Let's take it and remind ourselves of the hope that we have, the hope that begins today as you give Jesus your attention, as you make him your focus, and as you find his peace. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that in every one of our anxious moments, in every moment that has called our attention away from you, we've been able to find your son. We've been able to see him. Lord, we, we haven't always done a good job of turning our attention to him. But today, today we bring him back into focus. Today we lay aside all of those anxieties. We lay aside everything that has called us away from him. And we give him our full attention. We take the bread, remembering the body that was broken. We take the cup, thanking you for the blood of the new covenant, a new promise 
that calls us to you. We take it looking forward to the day when we take it together with you in eternity, in our home. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your amazing love. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.